Welcome to Ripple Effect Connection. I'm your host, Christy Hugic. Throughout my own journey, I've been blessed to form deep connections with incredible souls who've enriched my life with their insights. Today, I'm excited to extend these connections to you, bridging the gap between impactful messages and inspiring messengers. On this podcast, with the help of my guests, we're set to explore a diverse range of topics delving into nutrition, fitness, holistic health, and the power of mindset. Our goal is to ignite transformative discussions that create a ripple effect of positive change in your life and the lives of others. Our inaugural guest has a message that every person can relate to. Robin Barnhart is a freelance writer, artist, and a true life enthusiast. She is also a talented author and just happens to be one of my good friends. Robin joins us to share insights from her book, See Life Through Rose-Colored Glasses. It addresses a topic currently permeating our society, limiting beliefs. These beliefs and barriers we put up can stop us from realizing our true potential and the world around us. Chances are you know someone who does this or you've done it yourself, and I'm raising my hand. I've been there. Robin's book is also about something we will talk about countless times on this podcast, empowerment. She has a unique knack for connecting to people and a brilliant way of delivering an essential message. It will inspire growth and a positive change for all of you. I know she shares the goal of wanting the wisdom and knowledge she's gathered to be passed along to others. She also just happens to live in one of my favorite places on the planet, St. Simons Island, Georgia. All right, Robin. Well, here we are. Hi. We get to do this in person. I'm so glad. Welcome we to, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time out uh, to join me for this. And I've been looking forward to it for a long time. Um, I'm glad we got together in person. Um, as I said to Randy yesterday, I'm not dumb. If I'm going to do a podcast and I have friends in Sea Island that I can take yeah. advantage of, why wouldn't I do it on location in a beautiful Combined place? business and pleasure. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, so let's start with your background. How did you get where you are today? Well, that's a that's huge a longer podcast. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as far as the book is concerned, um, it's just life experience. You know, the whole process of writing the book was just me trying to figure out something for me. So it wasn't like I would set out to write a self help book. I don't have a background in therapy or psychology. I have an art background. You know, it was just me trying to figure me out. I wrote the book for me to read, actually, because it was just about me figuring out something for me. So I, and you know, the art kind of came into it too, because I did the quote pages and that kind of thing. And so I got to play with that. But I'm just a very visual person. I wanted it, me to be able to see it laid out in steps and for me. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, we're going to get into this, of course, but I, I think. All of us who get into this space have right. gone through something ourselves. We're trying to figure it out, too. Well, everybody is. Everybody, it, Totally, everybody is. And, and what I figured out for me may not be what works for you. But I know me figuring out me was, I, you know, there's not an original idea in this book. It's a collection of what I've, you know, gleaned from other people. So when I put my stuff together, if there's just one thing in there that resonates with somebody else, that's great. But, but that's how I came up with my deal. You know, um, I've always been super fascinated with biographies and how other people, 
you know, how they did it, whether, whether I want to emulate that or not. But everybody's just trying to figure out life, you know. So I'm always struck by the fact that no matter what anybody does or their background is or how much they've accomplished, they, we all just want love and connection and to feel worthy. And how do you go about getting that? How do you go about finding that? A hundred percent. And then to just let people know just, you know, where you grew up and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you live in, we already established, you know, you live here in St. Simon's yeah. Island. This is, the island is a big part yeah. of your life, but just, you know, where you grew up and, and what may, maybe a couple little steps in there that maybe um, help transform to get you where you are today. Well, my, um, I, I kind of like my background uh, growing up. I grew up in the South. I'm the oldest of three kids. And um, I say that I grew up in a family long on love and affection and short on money and stability. So as an oldest child, a perfectionist, when you don't have a real stable home environment, my parents divorced, my mom had an alcohol issue, you know, you, I mean, just life, nothing super traumatic, but the way I chose to deal with it was to become, um, you know, a perfectionist, a neat freak, uh, control, you know, tried to control the things I could control. And that worked for me, you know, for a long time. That, that'll, that helps you navigate your space and do what you can do to feel that safety or um, stability that you're looking for. But in the long run, you're trying to control things outside of you. And you're never going to be able to do that. So, in my so you know, there's my background. Then the man I marry is you know like, (laughs) you know, my husband very well. He's um, you know his personality is the bull in my china shop. You know, so you're kind of opposites. Oh, completely. This is a total opposites attract. Completely. Yes. Yes. And very similar. a dynamic, you know, I, I want my ducks in a row and his, you know, his ducks are flying all over the place on purpose, <laughs> you know. So, you know, he was a constant challenge, our personalities. And, you know, we've been married a long time and things have changed and shifted or whatever. But I truly believe your soulmate is not somebody who kisses your ass. Your, your soulmate is the person who, who makes you examine and figure it out. And had I married somebody that was just the least bit compliant, that, you know, I could continue this thing of if I kept the house straight enough, my, you know, whatever, stayed on schedule, I never would have gone trying to figure out anything for me. That would have been enough for me. So the fact that, you know, I was with this person who challenged me on, you know, at every turn in the road, I had to get to the point where, okay, I've got to figure out, I can't control him, I can't control the world, what's going on, i got to figure out how to find peace here. You know, that's um, where the rose-colored glasses, the perception, the example of using the glasses or the lens to view where you are and, and to figure that out, that, that's kind of how that came into play. So, yeah, yeah. So the book is dedicated to him. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. It was, yeah. it's great. It's great. And I, I wonder too, and I know you, you touched on this also about biographies, you know, kind of inspiring you and things Mm -hmm. like that. Because I I always think that, you know, authors always have books that have inspired you. So what what are some of those books that maybe inspired you along the way? Well, so many, you know, I I couldn't even begin to tell you, but two that inspired this way of thinking or this kind of um, philosophy, this thing that I do that seems to work for me would be um, 
Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now, because right now, this in this moment is really the only thing that you can, you have any power over. What's, what's happened has happened, it's gone, it's over, wasted energy. And if you have anxiety or fear about the future, it may not may or may not even happen. And the fact that you're so focused on what you don't want, you may actually even cause that to come to be. Mm-hmm. Because what you focus on is what you're going to attract. So if you can figure out how to stay in the moment and deal with what you have in the moment, you know, that puts you way ahead of the game right there. And then the other book what is it? Transcending the Levels of Consciousness by David Hawkins. Okay. Yep. Because I figured out um, that helped me to see that where you are and how you feel are indications of where you are, where you are on the emotional scale as how connected you are to your spirit self. When you are, you know, in those lower vibrations like shame and guilt, you're disconnected. You, you can't get you can't get any guidance. You can't figure it out from there. You have to be in those higher vibrations to, to be able to, to um, get the intuition and the inspiration to know how to get out of where you are. And as long as you're focused on where you are, so just the correlation, understanding the correlation that um, what you choose to focus on in your choices, choices, that was huge for me. The choices that you make are the real indicators of how you feel. And ultimately, that's how your life experience goes from there. You know, it's funny how I always feel like there's so many God winks in life. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, everything you wrote in your book and you're talking about, I had gone through. And when I started to read your book, I was like, it almost for me was like an affirmation that, yes, this is a thing. This is what I went through. Because I remember when I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, like my first thought was, okay, what can I do? Right. Okay. Uh, sure. Okay. I have this disease. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that I can control? Right. And that's just, you know, how I thought every day. It's my nutrition. It's my sleep. It's my, mm-hmm. you know, it's my mindset and how I would think. And and I had had an influential book in my life uh, was John Gordon's Energy Bus. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I look back and how these little things are just placed in life mm-hmm. that just come about at the same, at the right time. And and what's going to happen is someone's going to listen to this. And maybe and they'll get a little breadcrumb exactly. for them on the path. I mean, it's all just picking up. It's like, I, I kind of um, compare it to like a bird building a nest. You know, you just get a little here, a little here, a little here, and you're just forming your foundation for what works for you. And so, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, and I mean, we do that, you know, as a, as a health coach at the clinic that I mm-hmm. work for. I mean, we do that. I mean, there's bio-individuality and everything, mm-hmm. but you are. You're gleaning pieces of things, and you're putting it together for you. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can say one universal way people should eat. No. There's not one universal way people should think. And I think that if someone were to read your book, there's no way you would read the book and not get and not get something out of it for yourself, whether oh, it's one you. thing thank, or yeah. 10 things. Yeah. Like, and for me, it was just like, it made me reflect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of reflection on my journey. So what was the moment where you knew you wanted to write a book? Well, it was kind of crazy. Like I said, I, you know, you know, I'm collecting quotes, passages, I'm reading things in books and I'm, I've just kind of wanted it in one place because this isn't something that you figure out and you're like, okay, I've got it. This is an in the moment recalibration of 
being conscious and mindful of where you are and, and you know, your, your frame of mind. So it's, it was something I wanted to be reminded of. So I'm just trying to put pieces together and not just for my little portfolio thing. So when I started doing it, though, I, it's the quotes and things started to fall into categories. I noticed that they just kind of naturally did. So I started organizing the different steps that I have outlined in the book. I'm, you know, I'm a writer. I have an art background. I just, I was just trying to connect the dots for me. But as I was doing it, you know, a book started to appear and I, you know, I would work on it and I would get frustrated and I'd be like, nobody is making me write a book. I mean, I don't have to do this. And I would put it away. And then I could not leave it alone. It just kept. Kept calling. Kept, yeah, yeah. I just kept working on it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was almost like. You know, I had no clue really initially that's what it was going to be. But as I started to do it, like you said, you're just um, picking up the breadcrumbs. As I started to do it, it just started to form. And I just had to see it in, you know, in completion. I just had to see it for me. Like if I wrote the book, got it published, and nobody ever read it but me, I'd be thrilled with it. Right, right. It's yeah. just something you did for you. Yeah. And that you, you have yeah. to do it. For, yes, you want to help people, mm-hmm. but you also have to do it for you first yeah. um, to make it even resonate with other people. And so yeah. uh, how would you describe kind of how you laid the book out? So if, think about someone who hasn't read it yet and who might be wanting to read this. How would you describe, because I, I just found so many principles that you incorporated in it. Mm-hmm. I love quotes, all of that. Uh, it was yeah. wonderful. So how would you kind of describe how the book is shaped and laid out? Well, like I said, the, the, it started with quotes mm-hmm. and inspiration from other writers and people in general. I mean, there are quotes from, you know, cartoon characters to Steve Jobs to, you know, Albert Einstein in there. So there's, I mean, and I, I mean, that's a small percentage of what I had. But when I started to lay out the quotes, like I said, they just started to fall into these categories. So I, there were quotes that pertain to Perspective is one of the sections of the book. Perspective is basically just recognizing what you're looking at, what you're focused on. Where, what is it? What are you? I liked how you use words that Mm. you can view that word two different ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Perspective is, is the angle you choose to view it from. A choice. Realization, I think, was the next one. Then that part is understanding what that means. Mm -hmm. So that pertains more to the emotional scale and what the higher, you know, when you're feeling love and joy and, you know, euphoria, how that means you're connected, that you are connected to the greater good when you feel those emotions. And then I think the third one is shadow because you don't always feel that and you're not supposed to feel it all the time. Mm -hmm. That is where the laws came into play for me because I think um, most of us are so I don't know, so disillusioned because things don't go our way all the time. And, you know, it's not supposed to. That that wouldn't even be any fun. If it did... You wouldn't learn anything. Well, the, the thing about um, when I started, you know, it was like when I first became of like spiritual laws, I think was with um, like when the law of attraction was a big deal, like when the secret came out. And, you know, we all made a vision board and you know when we didn't win the lottery like in a month we're like well that shit does not work well that's really there's so much more to it than that it definitely works because it just works on whatever you're focused on you will you know you tend to attract what you're looking for 
So, um, but you know, it's not just the law of attraction, it's the law of vibration similar, like that's why you can't get love if you're a frame of mind of hate. You can't, you just can't get there from there. So law of vibration, law of contrast, law of polarity, everything's exists in duality. You can't even know what um, hot feels like if you don't know what cold feels like. So you have to have the highs and lows of life for it to have any depth or meaning. I mean, if it was just, you know, woohoo, great all the time name me then somebody that, then that, that would there. lose its meaning too i mean right. that would be that would right. be boring it, it wouldn't have any meaning at all so when i started to pick up on the fact that you know life is life that's that's just what you're going to get then you get to choose how you want to feel about it so that's what shadow is about shadow is understanding that yeah it, life's going to suck sometime you're going to get your turn and when that happens what do you do about it after shadow is release because, yeah, you, you know, you're going to be where you don't want to be. You're going to get MS. You're going to have mm -hmm. things you don't want to hear. But what do you do with that? You have to figure out a, a way to look at it that makes it okay for you to move beyond it, for you to be able to work with it and deal with it. As long as you push against what you don't want, you hold it in your vibration. Fighting against something, saying no to it, still holds it in your vibration because you're giving it your attention. So release is, is making peace with what you've got to deal with. Once you've done that, then vision is focusing on the part that you do want. Since everything lists, exists in duality, you have MS, that's down here on this scale. Well, health and you know well-being are over here. Well, let's not concentrate on the fact of our limitations focus on what we can do. You know, it, it's just a shift in consciousness and it's so subtle. But it's powerful. But hugely powerful when you can wrap your head around it. Yeah. Because it does, it is very empowering to know that you can do that in any situation. Yeah, and we try to get, you know, and that's what I always find with patients and clients is you have to envision yourself being what you want to be before you can get there. And, right. and I, I have seen a lot of people dealing with disease because I'm seeing patients on a day-to-day -day basis that have been chronically sick for a right. long time. And they just trying to make them understand how powerful the mind is mm -hmm. and that you do have the power to change it. But if you don't have a vision. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's easy. If you if you right. if you had chronic pain for years mm -hmm. and you're, it's hard to think about it's anything, hard. anything else that it's not. I'm not saying this is like, oh, you know, don't look at that. Look at this. It, I am saying that. But I just want you to understand that it's not it's not that it's an easy thing to do. But when you understand that. Even in a day with chronic pain, there has to be something, even if it's just one little thing that you can focus on, focus that. on, mm -hmm. focus on that. Just do what you can with what you have, where you are. That's all you can do. And small wins. Sometimes yes. people are looking just at the yes. big picture, but they miss those little small yes. wins. You know, we see patients mm -hmm. like that all the time. They have an overarching issue that maybe mm -hmm. the big, the big issue they come to you with is maybe not quite healing quick mm -hmm. but they miss all these other things that are getting that better yes. because they only focus on that yes. right so that's the same thing so we try to shift it what's next what's next after vision? and then there's balance right. because um like i said this isn't something that you like okay i read that i've got it i've got it balance is is knowing that this is a fluctuating state of being you're going to you're going to bump up against stuff you don't want. You're going to you know, you're you're not as conscious of it when things are going your way because it's not a problem. 
But it's also important to be conscious of it when things are going on your way, to be grateful and appreciate where you are, because that's not going to last forever either. So just it's just mindfulness. It's just being aware. Mm -hmm. But understanding when you do spiral down and go off the deep end or down the rabbit hole, that's part of it too. And be kind to yourself. It's just a balance is just, it's never going to be over. You're always going to have new things that, that's just life. That's one of the laws too. It's, it's ever evolving. So, you know, life is not a riddle to be solved. Mm-hmm. It is to be lived. So you're just trying to find the most peace that you can find in any given situation. And then being kind to yourself when, when you have trouble finding that. I think something too that we touched on there, but that's rooted in the book is just the the idea about limiting beliefs, you Mm -hmm. know, just give some examples for some folks who who may not understand or recognize that they do have, you know, limiting beliefs. What, what are some of these that can hold people back? Well, that's, that's part of like with the book. um, I think that's where most of us have a problem is, is the, recognition of the habits that we have that are detrimental and we don't even realize it because it's not just saying I can't it's saying I don't like I hate anytime you are focused on the end of the spectrum you don't want you are cutting yourself off from moving beyond it you're holding yourself there Mm -hmm. I think I don't like I hate I any 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 of those beliefs for our patients a lot of times it's I'm sick versus I'm healing. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a, a subtle shift in the way you choose to view it. I mean, that's a huge part of it is just recognizing habits that you have. And I mean, I do it all the time now. You know, I'll catch myself, you know, off on a tangent. I'm like, you know, this isn't making me feel good. What? what oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, let's reset. This This isn't good, you know. But it's your awareness. Exactly, that, exactly. That makes it. It's not that you're not going to do these things. No, it's no. that you have the awareness almost to catch yourself, mm-hmm. say to yourself, "Okay, let me quickly shift this mm-hmm. and reframe it." Mm-hmm. Just like you know, we tell patients a gratitude practice every day. Mm-hmm. Like try mm-hmm. being in a bad mood when you're talking, right. thinking about what you're grateful for. Right. You know, you, you you almost can't. You know, and so that that I think is a big deal. But limiting beliefs seems to mm-hmm. permeate. Yeah. In a lot of places. And I'll, I'll also say this, too, as far as the limit, you know, being limited or whatever. Um, the When you're so focused on what everybody else is doing, what, what their accomplishments are, you know, like you, I think we had talked one time about social media and, the, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing. Yep. It, you know, it's just you do you. You figure out you. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes on your own paper. You know, whatever they're doing you may or may not like it. And it's important to understand when you don't like something as well. It's important to know what you don't want. Yep. But when you don't want it or you don't like it, instead of pushing against it, see if you can try to focus on the solution or what you can do in the, in the space that you have to make change, which is you. What can you do to... to make a positive difference. So yeah, I think that's big, especially in this mm-hmm. world, because we are in this social media world. Yeah, that that is a big deal, because people yeah. have to deal with this all the time. So mm-hmm. we were talking earlier about quotes. I love this quote, your perspective will either become your prison or your passport. So I know we talked about 
perspective, but anyone who knows me knows I love a good quote and, mm. you know, your book is filled with them. And so as I'm reading it, I'm finding quotes and I'm writing them in my phone. Mm-hmm. I, I have a note thing in my phone right. that actually has all the quotes. So those quotes, I know you mentioned where some of them came from, but some of them, even the unknowns, wh- where did you get some of those? And, and, and if you had to pick a couple, it's probably like asking you to pick between your children. Right. But what what are a couple of your favorites that stand um, out? I mean, they came from everywhere. It might be just listening to um, Jim Carrey do a speech or, you know, Pinterest is a, a big thing. I know one thing about the quotes, I, you know, when Pinterest first came out, um, I was kind of you know, going through some stuff and you can kind of go down a dark rabbit hole, you know. So then there are these quotes that have got like, you know, fuck you or whatever. So I had a collection of those as well. But then I started to notice when I would reflect on those, that didn't really make me feel better. I needed the the inspiration. So I started to collect the ones that seemed to pull you out of beyond that. And that, so, you know, it'd be Pinterest or whatever. But when I got a quote that made me think or just kind of jolted my um, conscious, you know, my perception of what I I was dealing with, I just started to collect them. And as far as a a favorite, I mean, I have, they're all favorites or I wouldn't have collected them. But I think one that has been, it's not even in the book, but I think one that has been, and maybe a little, prelude to the next book because I've already you know want to do something with something else but it is there are always going to be people who can't see your worth don't let it be you Mm -hmm. Mel Robbins I think is the one who said that but you know like you said with social media or or whatever comparing yourself to other people um, there are going to be people who will never get you there are going to be people that maybe don't find anything in my book and that that's okay too Mm -hmm. you have to be okay with if if they never see it your worth if they never get it Mm -hmm. that's got to be okay with you right as long as you know what you're doing and and you feel like you have self-worth that's that's really all that matters so that is very empowering when you can realize that like you know take it or leave it you don't like it okay I mean it doesn't have to be personal to me I think that's such a big message, you mm-hmm. know, in this, in this day and age. So I think it's an important one. Especially for women, I yeah. think. I think so too. And, yeah. I, you know, you see all the negatives. I think there are a lot of positives about social media. Oh, totally. But, but I do too. I love, you know, certain, I just try to stay away from the things that energy doesn't match mine. And that's, the, that's the secret right there. There mm-hmm. is stuff, every social media, whatever, the way somebody looks at you in the supermarket. But if it doesn't, resonate with you walk away yeah shut it off get off that website do whatever it it doesn't have to have power over you unless you give it right right you uh you talk about the 12 laws universal laws in the Mm -hmm. book so i want to specifically maybe narrow in on the law of vibration and i know we've talked about Mm -hmm. that a little bit but how does it influence the way you think and and what you wrote well like we kind of touched on before the law of vibration basically um says that um you know inner everything is made of energy and the everything thoughts ideas uh, you know trees everything is made up of energetic matter matter that vibrates at a similar vibration will be attracted to itself 
So I, the, I think the example I use in the book is like oil and water. Mm -hmm. They're both um, properties that have very different vibrations, and if you, you can shake them up, but eventually they'll, they move to a part. They, they don't mesh. David Hawkins, he actually, um, the emotional scale, he used vibration to make up the scale. I, I mean, it's not like he made it up. I don't know exactly how to say that, but um, the high, love and um, joy and all that, that's a higher vibration. So when, you know, like hippies used to say in the 60s, you know, that's, you know, low vibe, high, there, there's something to that. So the higher vibration. So um, when I realized that, like we were saying, you can't get to love from hate. It's very different. It's a different vibration, just like oil and water. So the, the emotions that you're looking for, you're wanting to be on that higher end of the scale because it feels better. And I know one of your big things with your podcast is the why of everything. Mm -hmm. Why do we do what we do? And that's also, for me, the, the bottom line reason we do anything is we want to feel better. We want to be happy. We want to have peace. You either want a lot of money because you want safety and security. You think that will make you feel better. You want love because you think that's going to give you, make you feel worthy, make you feel, you know, you want it, to, but whatever you want is to feel better. So that's the higher end of those, um, of the emotional scale. So do whatever it takes. That's, that's the point. You just do what it takes to get there, mm -hmm. to get to those higher vibrations. Yeah, I love that. I love all the laws, and it, it just made so much sense incorporating them into the book. And, you know, we talked about this earlier. No one takes part in these types of books or does the types of things that we're talking about or, like me, becomes a health coach without mm -hmm. having been the one who needed help oh, at yeah. some point. So was, you know, I know you touched on it, but whatever you're comfortable sharing, but was there a point you discovered, like, I need to change this pro thought process were you looking to change an experience that you were going through? And, and, you know, if you're not, you, you can share whatever it's well, personal to you, but whatever you're comfortable with. Cause I do think there is that like watershed moment like sometimes moment with yeah, it. where you're just like, gosh, I really need to figure this out. You know? Well, you know, I kind of touched on like my relationship with Mac, um, you know, earlier, but this, this has been some years ago, but we were, you know, very different personalities that, um, very different. And like I said, he's the bull in my China shop. And, you know, that was doable. We didn't have kids for 11 years. Then you get kids in the mix. And, you know, then it's, we've got their schedules and this and, you know, whatever. And, and my um, coping mechanism would be the more things fill out of hand, the more structured and anal retentive I get about things. That's just how I rolled. Mm -hmm. And his way was to push all those buttons, you know, so we really had gotten into this really unhealthy way of communicating and, um, you know, lots of tension, lots of, you know, we just have these long drawn out conversations over the tone of his voice and blah, blah, blah. And we can't do this. And that hurt my feelings and blah, blah, you know, on and on and on. And so I grew up, you know, my parents divorced. And that was one thing I did not want for my kids. So... I suggested we go to marriage counseling, which we did. But when we go to marriage counseling, you know, I'm because confidentially, I thought it was time to bring in a third party to explain to him why he was wrong. Because <laughs> that never works in counseling. <laughs> so what I was told 
and so was he, is that, you know, he's who he is, I'm who I am. We, we could compromise, but you're not going to change that. You know, we can't change this person. Mm-hmm. She's not going to tell him something. He's going to start acting the way I think he needs to act. So when we left there, I just felt like the very thing I don't want is getting ready to happen. Like, there is no way I'm going to keep letting him push my butt, letting him. That's kind of, that's telling. Um, push my buttons is I'm done. I have, you know, this is it for me. So, but when I made that decision, it was like, like I had been holding a beach ball under the water and it just popped up. So it's like this thing that I had been fighting against, like you need to do this and him telling me too, but the things we weren't happy about with each other, the thing in the book just seeing it for what it was like yeah this is this is what it is recognizing that was a huge sense of relief that was the first thing so i'm like okay we'll get a divorce well what will that look like and when i started to look at what that would look like i thought well you know we've been married forever we've grown up together we've lost our parents together we've struggled to have children and ultimately had two children together we he's somebody i like and respect I would want to be his friend even if we're not a couple. So when I started to look at the things I liked and realized, you know, whether we have a piece of paper saying we're married or not is really irrelevant. We're always going to be family. Mm -hmm. It completely took the pressure off the situation, and I saw how just that shift in the way I was looking, rather than what I didn't like about what was going on, I started to recognize the positives. And not that... We walked away from that, and now we get along great. <laughs> that is not the case either. But, you know, we're constantly redefining our relationship. It's still a work in progress, but the way I choose to feel about it is up to me. So that was the moment that I was like, just that small shift in the way I was looking at it yeah. completely changed, not just the way I felt about it, but the situation. Yeah. Because we started to appreciate things instead of, being critical of the things of our that's the funny thing too is you're attracted to people because they're so different from you it's true and then you get in the relationship and you're pissed off because they don't react to everything like you would it's true but it's such a learning experience a hundred percent yeah and, and like i always feel like that person's put there for a reason because yeah. you need to work on this and so you know i know even with my husband like there were so many things that he's good at that i'm not that i'd mm-hmm. like to be good at yeah and so i'm kind of learning from him yeah you know there's so many things and again like the god wink of you know he came about in my life when he did could i have dealt with things as well as i did if that person if he had not been a part along? of your life if he yeah. had not been a part yeah. of that so and I know you, you kind of just answered the next question, but I want to share with everyone that, you know, the choice thing is a big deal to me. Um, oh, and huge. that's what I learned working with my energy healer mm-hmm. was the ability to choose. And I know she's always talking about it on social media and Dr. Janine Kraft, she's going to be on my podcast also. And she's mm-hmm. been so influ- influential with me. But I want to tell people you had given me your book and you wrote in my book when you gave it to me, you are always choosing choose happy Mm -hmm. and so the second without even reading a page of your book you wrote that i saw the title of the book and i knew that this book was going to resonate with me so your vision and your ability to convey to people how important choices Mm -hmm. i think cannot be understated like we could literally do an entire podcast on just the 
having the ability to choose every exactly. day. So you can choose. Um, the other thing that, you know, again, I felt like when I was reading the book, I was, I was talking to you, like you were oh. talking to me, you know, and I could hear you talking to me. Everybody just says, like everyone. I'm yeah. loving that. Every that's the greatest thing about the uh -huh. podcast is they can hear your voice. And now uh -huh. if they do hear your uh, read your book, they're going to hear your voice. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you and I've had so many conversations. I think you're like me. Um, Gretchen Rubin has her four tendencies. And I think you and I would be upholders a lot because mm -hmm. we're, we're looking at, you know, trying to keep things in a in a nice tight bow mm -hmm. and having the control. That's how I like it. It's written yeah. in the upholder tone, so yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. So in your mind, you know, what's the vibe? What's the vibe of the book and how you communicate? See, for me, it's an for upholder me, tone. So, Well, definitely. I mean, it's so funny because everybody says that that knows me, that reads it. They're like, I could just hear you talking <laughs> in my head. And my son even, which is really funny because, you know, like you, I'm figuring this stuff out. I'm spouting this stuff off you know, to my kids or whatever. And, you know, my son would be, you know, like when he was in high school or whatever, I would say something. He'd say, I'm, you know, I'm not really in the mood for your Zen shit right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote the book. He read the book and he said, I am really impressed. And I said, you are. And he goes, I mean, that was really well done. It was very well written. I said, well, what, did, what do you think I've been talking about all this time? I mean, like you've been here the whole time. <laughs> And he said, um, he said, well, it was really funny. Like when I would give him advice or whatever, he said, I always felt like it's, I was doing something that I shouldn't be doing. I was doing something wrong. When I read it, when you wrote the book, it's more generally like this is beneficial if everybody, you know, this would, this is something that would, and which was really strange. Sometimes when you're trying to help somebody or do something, you don't really know how it's being taken. But he said my favorite part was when I was reading it was that I could hear you talking in my head. And he said the best thing about it was when I got tired of hearing it, I could just close that book. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. But the tone is just as if we were having a conversation. And I tried to write it in several different ways. And at the end of the day, that was the only way I could write it. Yeah. The, and the other thing about it that I think, which is another thing that triggered me because of my work with Dr. Kraft, it takes the judgment out of everything. Mm -hmm. There is no right. There is no, no wrong. It just is. Mm -hmm. And so I felt that. So would you say that that's... I think, I think that was the biggest lesson for me too, being a, a people pleaser and a mm -hmm. you know box ticker or whatever. The fact that everything is so gray, literally, there's, it, it's, it's never an absolute. Um, and the freedom in that and the freedom for me to figure that out for me and you to figure that out for you mm -hmm. for somebody who is trying very hard to please everybody and to do that to, to get that that you really don't have to that that's a big deal and and I mean I, I hope that did come across in the book because that was one of the biggest lessons for me mm -hmm. is that it's okay we've all got crazy just figure out you're crazy and rock it I mean yeah quit there is no normal there's right. no normal. Right. Just figure out what you're working with and make it work for you. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I would say that's the biggest lesson I had to learn and the biggest thing that, you know, and you and I are so similar too in, in that being the upholders, like mm -hmm. that's why I think the book deeply resonated with me. It was like, I feel like, you know, it was affirming what I went through because that's where I mm -hmm. was. 
I grew up in sports. Everything is judgment. Right. Good play, bad play, good shot, bad shot. You win, you lose. Win, Very absolute, yeah. All the ends of the spectrum, and you had to, to get rid of that and that validation coming from outside performances whether it was good or bad. Mm-hmm. And it that's hard to lose. And so we when we are talking to patients about it, mm-hmm. it is that they'll say, um, you know, they have a specific protocol they're following. And if they have something off of it, they'll say, um, I was bad. Right. Or I had some bad foods. Mm-hmm. It's not the food is good or the food is bad. It is which foods are right for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's like a small, you know, microcosm of what we're trying to do mm-hmm. overall. Getting rid of judgment is a big deal. Having choice right. is a big, deal. A big so deal. That's why we're talking today because I think your message, like I, I to the point now where I would, when I uh, include a gift package with my patients, have a copy of your book. Oh, thank you. Because I think it's so thank powerful. You. So the curious thing to me is always, I don't know if you've have, had anybody come along like this. If they're not upholders, and they're say rebels and you know you don't have to know the gretchen rubin right four tendencies to know this but upholders respond to inner and outer expectations so that's you and i right right we're trying to please other people right but we're also trying to live up to our own standards and check the boxes and usually that's higher than what anybody else asks of us that's correct as well way higher and so we're the easy ones to coach to be honest, mm-hmm. if I have a client, we want to do upholder. the right, the right thing. Again. Right. Yeah. But there are rebels. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you had anybody from an, another personality type who said something like sometimes rebels don't respond right away to that when they're more resistant and they might not say, not that they're going to say what you're doing is, or they might just be a little more resistant to, or being so receptive to taking in that message. I think it equally applies to to that aspect as well because it's saying it's okay to screw it up. That's part of the process too. So, and and that's you know it's like nothing's really ever going wrong. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're doing is it's just putting you on the path. Like you know, it's like you you look back at things in your life and things you really wanted. And it didn't work out. And then you look back and you're like, thank God that didn't work out because that would not have been, you know. So when when you have somebody who's always pushing boundaries like Matt, like my husband. He's a rebel. He's totally a rebel. Mm-hmm. And um, But I think the book equally is, is attractive to him too because it gives him permission. He's not wrong for doing what he feels like, what is his... Right. You had to learn that it's okay for him to be a rebel. Absolutely. And that's totally part of who he is. Mm -hmm. And I get, you know, and I've probably become more so a rebel and, and him, you know, it's because it's a balance. You can get a a balance. So totally. I mean, when I wrote the book, I mean, I used the word motherfucker in it and (laughs) (laughs) that, you know, I've, I'm the one. And actually if my dad were still living, that probably would not be in the book, but there was a, part of me that I'm like, you know, that's going to ruffle some feathers. Aunt Helen's going to be not happy about that at all. (laughs) But, you know, there was a part of me in doing the book that I'm like, I'm just going to tell it. I'm just going to do it. People aren't going to like it. They'll they'll like it. They won't like it. Whatever. And that was huge, too. So I think it's like it's permission. It's okay. Wherever you are, it's okay. And that's... And that's probably why your book will resonate with other tendencies and other personality types because you've had to deal with this. Mm-hmm. So to me, the two extremes mm-hmm. are upholders and rebels. 
And, and you, we're all on, on there at some point at yes. any given time. And that's what people sometimes yeah. don't understand about yeah. the four tendencies. Yeah. Yes, you are predominantly one mm-hmm. over another. There's no mm-hmm. ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. But you can be doing the other tendencies at mm-hmm. times. Of it course. doesn't mean you never do that. No. So that's what people don't understand. Yeah. Um, I think also, too, in the book, you had a lot of stories. And like I always said, the and I know people have told you this before, but the story about your mom yeah, really resonates with me. And I know it resonated with a lot of people. Is that your favorite story that's, in the book? That's the one I get the most comments about. You know, there's a part in the book where I talk about that we're all part of universal energy and that you have at any time the ability to hook into that to receive guidance or intuition and that's the higher you know um end of the emotional scale and that since energy is neither created nor destroyed your energetic spirit just changes form so who you are you know we're so judgmental of this but that's you know just a shell of who you are so my mother um passed away in 2013 so um she was very, a very spiritual person, as well as religious. I think they're two completely different things. But she was a very spirit, spiritual person as well. But when she um, died, she had had a lot of health issues over her life. And um, she was kind of at a point, she was fairly young, but she was at a point where um, she was going to have to have a surgery that she, you know, like probably 97%, she could not survive the surgery. But she couldn't live without the surgery. So going into the surgery, we knew she probably would not survive it. So the week before the surgery, and she was cool with it. She was like, you know, I'm tired, you know, I've done all I can do. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to not suffer. So um, we were talking and I said, well, you know, if if you die, or we not, how did I say it? I think I said, whichever one of us dies first, I was like, I could die in a car wreck on the way home from the hospital before you have the surgery. When one of us dies, let's let's decide on a sign to give each other. And um, I said, well, mine will be a bird because my name's Robin. It'll be a Robin bird. And she said, well, I guess mine will have to be a dog. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. I mean, I see dogs all the time. Like, how am I going to know? And she said, well, you'll, you'll know. I don't know. You'll figure it out. So sure enough, she had the surgery a few days later, and she passed away. So, and I, you know, I was really at peace with it because we'd had time, you know, we had a great relationship and we talked about it and I knew she was good with it. And, um, so, um, I, you know, a month or so later, I get an email from, um, about something I'd ordered and the customer service rep, the um, girl's name was Mitzi. And I thought, Mitzi, Mitzi was actually a dog that my mother had Her dad gave her a gift of a puppy when she was pregnant with me. And she named the dog Mitzi. And then her dad dies when I'm two weeks old. And she's only 19 when I'm born. So she's young. She lost her dad. He gave her this dog. And this, you know, of all the dogs she had in her life, Mitzi was the most, and she lived to be 14. I grew up with this dog. So much so, it was so significant that when, I don't know if I tell this in the book, but when Mitzi died, my dad had to build a um, box, and we encased her body in concrete so that when we moved, we could always take Mitzi with us. So just to tell you how significant Mitzi was. And Mitzi's not a not common, a common name. name. No. <laughs> I went to high school with a Mitzi. I think that's the only Mitzi I ever knew. 
But anyway, so Mitzi. So I thought, oh, you know, I wonder. So um, I think the second one was that the I'm in my house, at the house I lived before this house, that I had lived in for years. And um, I'm in the bathroom, and I happened to look, and in the travertine tile in the shower, there is a, a definite profile in the veining, you know, on the, in the tile of Mitzi's head. I mean, it is, she's like a little terrier dog. It was her head in the tile. I had never noticed it before. But after you saw it, you couldn't unsee it. I mean, it was so vivid. So I'm like, oh, my God, that's the sign she's giving me. It's Mitzi. It's not just a dog. It's Mitzi. So, um, so I was satisfied, you know, with that. I don't know how much longer, a month or so, not too terribly long after. I'm with my kids in the village here in St. Simon's Island. We're walking to the pier. We had gotten ice cream. And I thought I saw a quarter on the sidewalk. And I pick it up, and it's a tag. It looks like it fell off a dog's collar, but there's no phone number, no nothing. It says Mitzi. That is cr- it's so crazy. It's I'm crazy. like, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, one of the things that I also talk to Dr. Kraft about is it, it is about whatever creates ease for you right. in these situations. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I look back, I'll, I'll use an, a quick example, like, we're talking about dogs, so it made me think of it. But a dog, a dog um, passes away. It's traumatic for everyone. It's, mm-hmm. it's very difficult. There are, you know, there are little family members, and, right. and it's difficult, right? And so I used to struggle anytime yeah, a dog yeah. had to be put down. You know, what creates ease for me in that moment is that I did the best thing for, for that dog. dog. Right. But yes, we still miss it. But what creates ease for me was watching the movie A Dog's Purpose. Oh, yeah. And thinking that they're coming back and their spirit lives on. So whatever you believe, whatever your religion is, and it doesn't matter. You don't, I'm not saying that's the thing you have to think about that creates ease, but find. Find what what gives it to you. Exactly. Exactly. Like that was for me. And, you know, and some people are like, because you can talk yourself in or out of any of this. I could have blown off those as not paying any attention and it had no meaning it was just a disc on the sidewalk it was just something in the shower it was just an email but I chose to see that as a sign from her and I truly believe it was but I had to pick up on that yeah yeah no that it's an amazing story and again you know I just that's what I was saying it's just whatever you're going through it's recognizing these little god winks and things Mm -hmm. are put in front of you right when they are you're you need them Mm -hmm. and it's crazy you know, like I think of the other day, I was, I was just feeling a little overwhelmed and I'm not feeling great and my body's not a hundred percent. And you know, when you're in tune and you're aware that can really throw you off and all of a sudden all my meetings get canceled for the day. All of a sudden I'm able to go to the chiropractor. My Mm -hmm. chiropractor is also an energy healer. She's like, I know you need to release Mm -hmm. energy. And I do the energy release. And then the next day an acupuncture appointment Mm -hmm. opens and it's just amazing to me how we, these things are just put in front of us mm-hmm. when we need them the most. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people aren't always recognizing it. Oh, yeah. But if you look, there are a lot of God mm-hmm. winks, a lot oh, of God yeah. winks out there. Um, is there anything you would leave folks with? It's really hard to put your book into a, a couple sentences of advice that you would give people. 
I don't want to make it sound like advice because advice sounds way too formal. But maybe just a couple of thoughts to leave people with that in summary of even things that we've discussed already. You know, just something that they can take, you know, with them. And I I know the whole entire book is full of these messages. Uh, I know that's, I'm asking you to do some really hard (laughs) things today. Like pick between all these great quotes, Uh. summarize your book to people or just, you know, let's say I came to you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm really struggling or I've got my, a, a relationship that maybe doesn't feel like it's going mm-hmm. well. Like, think about if I just asked you for advice, you know, what's the first thing you would say to me? I think the thing to realize, too, is, you know, like we were you're going through a really hard time, help, mm-hmm. relationship or whatever. And it is what it is. And right now it's not good. The point is not to have pressure to feel ecstatically happy over your not good situation. It is just to find the smallest increment of relief from whether it's, you know, maybe this relationship wasn't for me. Maybe I, whatever talk, you can talk yourself into anything. It's all about, and I, I think I, um, I compare it to talking a suicide jumper off the ledge. That's the inner talk that you have with yourself is the most important relationship you'll ever have. So when you're going, make it okay. Make yourself feel better. You can soothe yourself like you would a friend. And that's what you'll have. That, that's how to get beyond it. That's great. See, so, so you could do it. I knew it. I knew it if I phrased it like you were giving me advice, it would be easier uh, yeah. for you to do. So last but not least, how can people connect with you? We'll, we'll link the link to your book in the show notes and, and all your info. But what is the best way for folks to connect with you? Um, mm, I have, well, I have an Instagram and um, I think it's robinbarnhart.com, I think. <laughs> I we'll link you, it in the show so- notes. Social media is not my strong suit. I need a social media person. And is your, your Instagram a see-through rose it's, color? Really? It's... Um, See through rose colored glasses. Yeah. See, if you'll that. link it, <laughs> I'll link it. I'll link it. And so I, it'll be and easy. And I've for got you. to revamp some of that. So, um, but you could message me, you can do whatever or. Yeah. Well, I really mm-hmm. appreciate you joining me for this. Uh, it's been great. I know we could go on longer. I try to yeah. be respectful of your time and our, our listeners um, also. But thank you for inviting me into your home oh, and for us. Thank doing you for this. having me. I hope I didn't ramble on. I could talk about it all day. Well, you come back anytime (laughs) and share your next project with us. Okay, I'll do that. Thank you. Good to see you, Christy. That's a wrap for this episode of Ripple Effect Connection. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on limiting beliefs and Robin's book, See Life Through Rose-Colored Glasses. I know that everyone who listens to that will find something they can take away that will be helpful in their own journey. A big thank you to Robin for taking the time to join us. Now that you've been inspired, here's my call to action for you. Take a moment to reflect on the insights and the wisdom Robin shared. Can you apply these lessons to your own health and well-being and personal growth? I'd love to hear from you, so connect with me on social media and let me know what resonated with you. Reach out on Instagram, Whole Health Christy, and I'm happy to continue the conversation. You can also visit my website, christyhugic.com. Next, spread the inspiration, like, follow, review, share the podcast with others who may benefit from these stories. Stay tuned for the next episode of Ripple Effect Connection. Let's create waves of change together.